Hello, my name is Aziz and I'm the son of a divorced mother. She is really my superhero. That's why it's important for me to support women to share their uniqueness, their personalities, perspectives, and emotions about this world. In these difficult times in human history, we need to bring the people of the world together. And when we hear the voices of women, when we listen to real lives of women from other countries, we connect our cultures without differences or stereotypes, and we get inspired by their stories to live a better life. That's what this podcast is all about. My guest today is Luthia Yip. Luthia is a model from Hong Kong studying at Columbia University. Luthia loves modeling, reading, playing piano and the violin. She has a bachelor's degree in public policy from NYU class of 2021 and will graduate with her master's degree in social work in May 2023. Lucia, how are you today? Hi, Aziz. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this, but I'm also a little nervous. It's my first time, but I'm sure it'll go well. And hopefully everyone enjoys this episode. I'll make sure you have a wonderful experience. And it makes you even more comfortable to forget everyone and just do it for your own enjoyment and happiness. As a journey of self-discovery and of sharing yourself and your emotions. So I'll begin with this question that you probably heard me ask before, which is, if your friends and the people who know you best could describe your personality, what would they say about you? I would say I have two different sides to me. I'm very like forthcoming and honest. I like to tell the truth. But at the same time, sometimes I have a very soft side where I tell it in a way that is, well, at least I try my best to tell it in a kind and compassionate way. And as a social worker, aspiring social worker, I want to be empathetic. And I think my friends would describe me as such. I have so many questions about that. First, are you a Gemini or what is this kind of like two-sidedness to who you are? I would say the soft side is something that is more innate in me. And then the other side, um, the side where I want to be direct, has been formed by my personal experiences. Thank you. Oh my God, I have so many questions related to all that you have spoken about so far. And I will ask, when it comes to being direct and forthcoming and radically honest, what value did you see in that? Is it a way for you to feel your kind of setting boundaries and clarifying things so that you feel protected and that everything is out in the sun rather than in darkness and in the shade? Or is it because you feel that's how people through a little bit of shock, they can hear what they need to hear in order to change? Or what forged that part of you that you said your personal experience created in order for you to have that uh, directness. Yeah, so I think you actually hit the spot on this whole um, 
just analysis of myself. So I guess I'll start with other people. And because I'm an aspiring social worker, I deal with a lot of problems. And I feel like a lot of the softer side of it, like the theories that we learned at school and like us discussing with each other, just always like in our head, intellectualizing other people's experiences. It feels very removed from the actual experience that someone would have when they're in trouble and they need help. And I see that play out in reality in my jobs and everything and like lots of situations they require immediate attention but a lot of times we need to perform very lengthy assessments to assess like their health uh, their health status social support family dynamics and you know all this time albeit like useful I feel like um, the person we're helping may not see it as such and it might make it worse and so I think like balancing telling them the facts of their condition and what they can do to move on and heal um, with just the other side of it, which is like the stuff that we need to do, the stuff that we're in school for to learn all the theories. So that's like one part of it. And then the other part of it, I would say it's like more to do with my own healing process. Um, And I actually recently read a book about um, self-sabotage and different like emotional triggers that the healing process can bring and I think like lots of problems in life are very difficult to deal with and so we really need to be honest with ourselves and so this whole process of being honest with myself has caused me to like and the benefits that I reap from it even though the process is hard like I would say is worth it and I think honesty it benefits everyone myself others the world I absolutely agree with you 100,000 percent Luthia and that makes me want to ask why social work why choosing this kind of specialization out of everything possible within this world and life and universe yeah so I think um it's very much rooted in my feelings and my experiences so I think one of the things that I experience a lot is anger and like it, people might look at it and think it's like a very aggressive, not nice emotion, which it is. Um, but I also feel like it's something that I've embraced, that I've used as a catalyst for release and positive change. And it like it's been really transformative for me to realize like just some Im- important aspects of who I am and what I care about. So um, I guess one most impactful experience well it's a mixture of anger and sadness honestly anger at the system and sadness at just the person's circumstances so like I work with older adults who suffer from chronic loneliness and it's just shocking I guess to see that they you know they're at home and like they some of them have mobility issues they don't know how to use technology um and then their caregivers some of them you know they're they have their best intentions but Obviously, people are human and they have their limits. Um, They don't feel supported. And so lots of things like fall through the cracks and there's just lots and lots of problems, um, mental health, physical health issues that these older adults are uh, experiencing. And they also, they just feel unheard and unseen, misunderstood. And, you know, it makes me feel angry and sad, angry because um, like the healthcare system, mental healthcare system, they don't really do much for older adults just because you know they're older and so obviously their their timeline um with life uh they have less time and so you know we as a society don't really invest time in um trying to help them 
And so I think that's where I come in and I feel like this is something that's very unjust and everyone deserves to be cared for. Thank you. And you spoke about injustice and unfairness. Then this point specifically, is it caused because, I don't know, when you were a little girl, you grew up with your grandparents more than anyone. And so you have a lot of love for people who are older adults or uh, or. Are you someone who really sees unfairness in a way that moves you to action? Or how? what is that extra layer of motivation that is creating this? Or you yourself, you're like, I'm uh, here and then when I'm older, I don't want to be alone, dying alone or struggling with my uh, mental issues alone. So you want to be that change in the world that you wish others to be. Can you speak a bit more about uh, what is motivating this? I mean, I think it's, again, you summarized it very well. I think I grew up with my both my grandmas, so from my dad's side and my mom's side. My mom's side, my maternal grandmother, uh, she lives in Toronto, and she is very much, um, well, for most of the part of me growing up, she was very self-sufficient, and she would go karaoke with her friends, um, play ping pong, just do whatever she wanted to do, travel and a bunch of things. But now she is um, bedridden and like, it is very sad to me to see. And also, you know, like I, I sometimes feel a little guilty as well um, because like I have my own life and goals. And so sometimes like I'm not as present for my grandma or like my family as I want to be. And then also with my dad's side, my uh, paternal grandmother, like she is very, she's a very happy person and she lives with my aunt right now. She cooks and she goes to church. She She's a very happy person. Um, our whole neighborhood knows her. So I think my exposure with older adults um, and experience with them has always been positive and they have a lot to give in terms of knowledge. And we don't just like look at what they have to give us. I feel like, you know, they're individuals in them in their own and they they have their own difficult emotions that they need to process and they deserve to be able to feel better. I agree again. This is a very great point and something very important. And you as someone, you spoke about how uh, you have relatives in Canada and you're in the US and originally from Hong Kong. Did you live in Hong Kong at any point? And even beyond that, how do you feel? Do you feel like you're a mix of many cultures? Do you feel like you're a, a Hong Kong girl who is uh, lost in, um, in the US or uh, wherever specifically you're spending your time? Or are you someone who is internally a melting pot of many different places or maybe the uh, older adults that took care of you, they instilled their culture into you? Or how are you a reflection of maybe your roots or how you were raised? Yeah, so culturally, um, I grew up in Hong Kong. So our family is, I wouldn't say we're like very traditional Hong Kong families, which um, could be a good or bad thing. I don't know. Um, we like we're a Christian family. So Christianity has played a huge part in our lives. And I moved to the UK like when I was in fifth grade for two years because my dad 
wanted to pursue his dream of studying law. And that was like a very interesting like turning point in my life because I've I'd always grown up in Hong Kong, which is an environment where everyone looked the same as me. And like, even though I went to an international school, like I'd say 90% of the kids were from Hong Kong. And so going to the UK, like it was my first experience of being an outsider. And I felt alienated from other people. Like it wasn't an intentional thing, but it's just like, oh, she's like the new kid. And so they had some kind of like curiosity about me that it was neither good nor bad, but it was just like very, very, they found me to be a very intriguing, um, almost like a specimen to be observed. So that was, um, that also kind of made me a little bit like sad because I, I'd fit in very well with uh, the people that I grew up with and then suddenly being removed there. And then like also going through, you know, what girls go through before their teenagers, like puberty and all the like different emotional changes and everything like that was a lot. And then I came back to Hong Kong and then um, suddenly started like lots of pressure mounting on me because I wanted to achieve the best that I could get into a good college. And then that was the rest of high school. And then I moved to New York, did the two years of college. And now I'm here in grad school. Thank you. I'm happy for you, and I noticed, too, you spoke about that feeling of alienation. Is this also a part that relates to the drive you have for social work and for helping uh, elder adults who might feel alienated in that way? Is it something that when you see that within them, you can really have that empathy? Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of times when we go through things that are unpleasant, we would be like, you know, I never want to feel this way again. And then when we f- when we see other people go through, like, maybe not the same thing, but it, like, evokes the same types of feeling of, like, helplessness or alienation in us. And we're like, oh, like, it brings us back to that situation. And also, we start to think we don't want other people to be able to, to experience this type of pain. And also, um, anger at the system for like why is the system allowing these people in particular to experience these injustices very true and i'm curious about your evolution or how you balance your temperament where you said deep down your instincts are to be soft to be more uh, a people pleaser but your life experience taught you to be direct and somehow a little bit harsh if some people might take it as that and it's necessary for you when you deal with a lot of people's problems but now you're trying to soften things again and go into the direction of empathy can you speak about this how do you balance it why did you feel you have to bring back some empathy into it what was like the evolution of the whole thought process yeah so this is a very good question that like i Actually, I mentioned I read a book. It's called The Mountain Is You. I really recommend it. Um, And there is actually a part on listening to your instincts. And I think it's very important to pay attention to our internal cues in real time and respond accordingly. So I think instinctually, yeah, I am like an empathetic person, a soft person. And so that reflects what I value in life as well. You know, I value human connection. I value... um, you know, just being able to help people 
feel better, empower themselves, and to lead a more fulfilling life. And so it can give us a lot of important information about like what's happening in our present and also what may happen in the future. So um, for example, I guess I'll, I'll use an example of how I balance like my empathy and, and my, I guess, tougher side. So for example, I'm at a party and I feel like uneasy and uncomfortable because like a friend is saying something that is inappropriate untrue and embarrassing so this is like what's happening now and what's i think is going to happen is that like i'll become more uncomfortable and i'll reach like a breaking point and so this is like a signal that i should leave or like at least take a break and step outside like this is like what my soft side is telling me what my body is telling me but like if the situation escalates like i will be you know (laughs) i'll be more than ready to like throw down some kind of like comments to like shut it down but like I guess what I'm saying is like our gut instinct I think like being empathetic being soft understanding I feel like it's something that is like always correct because I mean biologically like this is like some science here but like the lining in our gastrointestinal system kind of like functions as a second brain and it stores some information that our conscious mind cannot recall uh, cannot recall any faster than our body can sense. So like they these instincts, like my instinct to, you know, to walk away instead of to directly confront the person is something that I can listen to. But it can also be like I need to differentiate them from what I actually might do because I can confuse them with one another. And I think like balancing your instincts with with just your ultimate decision of what you might do is something that like I'm learning to do a little bit more. Like kind of assessing the appropriateness of each response to a situation. I love that to witness your evolution. It sounds absolutely amazing. And now, is there something, because you're constantly learning and evolving, is there a lesson or an insight or something that you had recently in this year or at any point in time that you try to remember to implement into your life or a lesson from a book or something that you can share that will help other people evolve and live better and get to the next level within their happiness, their emotional well-being and the way they perceive the world. Yeah, so wow, that's a <laughs> a loaded question and I feel like I already feel like the power of this question. So, uh I think one of the most important things I've learned is that each bad feeling we experience comes with a message and but then we often like shut it down because we don't know what to do with it. But if we learn to embrace it, we'll be able to use it for a catalyst of change and just for good things that are meant to play out in our lives. So, I think, like, with that in mind, um, like, we're able to be more present and just take in all the joy and positivity that life has to offer. So, like, for me, I don't think anyone would describe me as someone who um, (laughs) likes to suffer. I I really like to enjoy my life. I love food. I love having conversations with people I love, with anyone. And I think from these moments, like, I can really cultivate gratitude and from gratitude I can have more grace with myself and my negative emotions and as someone who was brought up in a Christian home uh, we're told that we're children of God and sometimes we don't feel like because of all our negative experiences and trauma we don't feel like God is there watching over us but you know um, when we're able to step out 
and like analyze these emotions and how they might, what they might be telling us, embracing them, and then savoring the present moment, we can really feel beloved and well cared for. Thank you so much, Lucia. And then, as someone who is going through so much and you have lived in Hong Kong, you have lived in the UK, you have spent time in Canada and now in the US, how do you recognize who are your people? And very importantly, maybe it's a good advice to any women who might be going to a new city or a new university or a new country. How do you go about making some real bonds and real new friendships in a new place? Because the problem is a lot of people make only acquaintances at a certain point and they consider those people they grew up with, whether from a middle school or high school or born near them to be their real friends and friendship becomes harder over time. So to you. What is your advice for any women or girls who might be going away from all the people they know so that they can build some real good friendships and how to recognize who are your people compared to those who aren't? Yeah, so I'll answer the first question first. Uh, So I think the first piece of advice would just be that people are not as intimidating or scary as they seem. And I think as I'm, I'm, as I'm talking, I'm actually like talking to myself as well. And, you know, I'm sure this is not new information. Like every time we make a friend, we have like some kind of anxiety approaching them. Um, But, you know, like this is a world that we're not meant to face alone. And I think relying on others for support and love is not really a sign of weakness, but um, rather like a part of our innate human nature. And so it's so while it's important to um, seek love, connection, friendship for our well-being, I think like it's also important to like be able to differentiate like who deserves our time and who doesn't. And so like unfortunately, only time can tell. So we have to really just spend time getting to know each and every person. Um, and you know, you have your own standards you set for friends, romantic partners, etc., and see if those people are giving you what you're giving them. And I think, not not that it has to be like a very clear-cut like table, like this person did four things for you, you must do four things for them. But it's more like, you know, uh, you look at patterns, like who has been consistently showing up for you in the past and who hasn't. And I think like, you don't really need to confront them head on if you don't want to, because some people don't want to, but like just a very natural process of, if that person's not for you, you can gradually like phase them out of your life without being nasty or disrespectful. So I think that would just be my two pieces of advice. Thank you, Lucia, so much for this conversation. It's really, really wise and deep and eye-opening. And I personally got a lot of insights. I really thank you for sharing your voice and your perspective. I wish you all the success, the impact, and the true transformation in the lives and the emotional well-being of all the adults that are uh, older age that you'll encounter and everyone else as well. Thank you so much, Aziz, for having me. And, you know, I just want to like leave everyone with a final thought, which is that, you know, life is hard and it's very easy to feel that we're alone in our struggles. But 
Like everyone experiences difficult emotions at some point in our lives, but instead of pushing them away, I would encourage you to embrace them and use them as an opportunity for growth. So when we confront these difficult emotions, um, we're able to open up ourselves to the possibility of positive change. So please, like, after you listen to this, be kind to yourself, do something good for yourself. Um, letting, like, let yourself know that all, everything that you feel has the potential to guide you towards a more fulfilling life. So thank you so much for listening, and I hope to connect with you again soon. Mm-hmm. 